0: This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans, from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome
1: Welcome to The the verse. Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that rides in single file to conceal our numbers.
2: And it's time for another verse LASIK session for my Star Wars blind spot. The fifth round. Potentially of, like, 30? Anyway, this time, <laughs> we return to a galaxy far, far away for the Star Wars prequel, The Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes,
3: yes. The Attack of the Clones. It's
2: finally happening.
3: All of my months of planning set into motion. What? An endless and merciless onslaught that will leave the humans in shambles. Those who remain will bow to their robotic god. For those of you not paying attention, I'm referring to... Me, Cronsworth. I shall reign.
4: Exterminate.
3: <laughs> an oldie but a goodie. Snap out of it, Cronsworth. We're talking about the Attack of the Clones. Oh, yes. I know.
4: The movie, Cronsworth. The Star Wars movie.
3: Oh, yes. The The movie. Of course that's what I was
1: referring to. Why is everybody looking at me? What was all that psychobabble about? I'm telling you guys, maybe it's time to dump a certain robot into the abyss of space. What was that you're
2: saying, Norm? I didn't quite hear you. Oh, he just, he, uh, he said that we, need to, that we need to treat you to a vacation.
3: Oh yes, that sounds absolutely brilliant. I really could use one. Perfect. They did not hear a thing. Okay, everyone, I'm ready to discuss the Attack of the Clones, the movie.
4: Great, K.W. Now, as we get ready to do so, just come over and stand right here. Stand right here.
1: Oh, right here. Next to this trap door. No, no, no. More to the right.
3: Ah, yes. On top of the trap door. Perfect. The slightly higher elevation gives me a wonderful view of all your unsightly faces. Emilia. now!
2: Uh, are you sure? Yes, pull the lever, Kronk! Here it goes.
4: Whoa! The door's stuck halfway! Oh no!
2: I
3: believe one of you hit the wrong button. I still haven't packed for my vacation.
1: Please get me out of here. Again before oxygen is depleted! Levels are dropping. We're reaching critical. Pull that lever, Emilia, and launch him into space. It's either him or us. Hey, Norm. Sorry,
2: I can't.
0: Hang on, I'll do it.
4: Somebody help him.
3: Goodbye, my dear friend. I'll send a postcard.
4: No. Oh no. He's gone. Goodbye, my dear KW.
2: (sighs) Cronsworth.
0: Well, that got dark
1: quickly. Good riddance.
2: What? Why is everybody looking at me? Well... Um... Okay, so we also have some Cinematic Universe news to check in on, but before we do that, let's meet the team! I'm Norm.
4: I'm Bridget. Dr. Bridget. B.S.
0: I'm Lucas. Cronsworth, it's your... oh yeah...
2: That's my robot, my boy, my boy. And I'm Emilia, wondering to myself, what have we done? And This is The Verse News, where we bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the cinematic universes and beyond. So let's see what The Verse Squad has come up with this week.
1: All right, let's continue the good news now that KW's gone. Um, All right, Uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Giant freaking robot is reporting that Norman Reedus will be signed on to the MCU to play Ghost Rider. Yes, and
0: nice. Oh, I did not see that. I didn't see that,
1: Lucas. You bring you bring it up all the time that Marvel finds these great casts, like Mm -hmm. these these perfect roles for these actors, and I can't think of anybody who would be better to be playing. Ghost No, rider. his whole
0: like you know persona is he has a show where he rides motorcycles. I mean, and he has the look. Uh, wait, wait. So which version of of the of the character is it? I'm
1: um, I'm assuming your... Johnny Blaze.
0: Johnny Blaze. Okay, good. So then yeah. he's great for Johnny yes, Blaze. Yes, I I agree, um,
1: and I'm super excited for that. Like that is like perfect casting. I giant giant freaking well, robot well, recorded it. I mean,
2: it. perfect casting. Like Nick Cage wasn't available, so. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he aged out a little bit. He aged out a little bit. Yeah, he can, he can play any role. Sure,
0: I don't doubt it. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm excited to hear that. Honestly, I saw that and I thought it was just people were like wishing, like they were kind of like trying to manifest it. Uh, and if they were, I guess it worked.
1: Everybody, uh, I think everyone reacted to the giant freaking robot um, leak. Uh, they, they've been they've been really good with their their news. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. If th- this is if this is true, this is like perfect casting. Honestly, maybe perfect I can get casting.
0: my wife to watch this one because she's a big fan of his. Anyway, that's good news. I agree.
4: I also agree. I
2: also <laughs> have some good
0: news.
4: Sorry,
0: oh my god. Hit us up. We could use a little pep up after our traumatic events on the verse.
1: Why the only one us? that's that that's like that's like feeling amped? Come on, guys! She's
0: like it.
4: I don't know much about like that storyline or that character. Like, I, and I
2: never, yeah, like, yeah. I never oh, saw like, the Cage movie. I know oh I'm man. Just, I Are you it, in for but... a treat? <laughs> yeah.
1: Sam Elliott is great in it though. That's true.
2: But keeping in with the the good news trend, uh, we have a teaser trailer and a premiere date for the boys season three. That's just a news stealer. That might be a news stealing moment. Yeah. Um, so this is this season three of The Boys, which we love on the show. We've talked about it a ton. We've interviewed Rebecca Sonnenschein on the show. Highly recommend checking that episode out. Um, that's going to be premiering on June 3rd. And I think they're releasing three episodes on that day. And then they're going to roll out weekly every Friday. And the trailer is very short, but it is Starlight and Homelander, like taking press photos as um uh, you know as as the vought people look on and homelander looks totally sane like he has no issues uh or or anything like he's not messed up at all from the last couple seasons or his entire life
0: yeah i mean that i was a little bummed to learn that it was we're going to have to wait till june
4: i'm actually so excited yeah. for season 3 of this uh wow
1: well that I'm teaser so was was kind of intense even though all <laughs> all it literally was was them just slowly zooming in on Homelander's face. He is as you can see, he seems very close to just cracking one hundred percent.
2: Yeah, he's he's maybe not he might not be okay, although he does also kind of look how he always looks.
1: <laughs> with those dead eyes. Anthony Starr does amazing with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He I honestly don't can't think of a better actor to play that character
2: i don't think he's gonna be the villain in season three
0: they have a lot of source material to pull from because there's the, the the comic series that it's based off of so i and i've i only read like the first installments after i watched the show i was like wow i didn't realize that this was like a, a comic series so i went and read a few of them and i was really confused because they changed a lot i mean they they combined characters and storylines yeah uh and i have to say like i mean i didn't read enough of it but i really liked the tv show more than the comics at first and i was like i'm just gonna stick with the tv show so i don't like you know get disappointed with either of them
1: yeah so this this season upcoming season uh we're probably going to see what would be the boys version of the justice league which is the seven versus the avengers Their version of the Avengers, because Soldier Boy is going to be in this season. We know Jensen Ackles will be playing Soldier Boy. Very happy to hear that. But a bunch of the other ones that are like Scarlet Witch and whatnot will also be in this season. So uh, this ought to to be fun, a fun, epic battle here.
0: Nice. Well, I have some more somber news. Uh, Hopefully it's not somber, but Star Trek Picard was shut down because of 50 plus positive cases of COVID on set. Whoa. Which oh. is insane that, but this is Omicron. It's like you know sweeping through. So it is. hopefully it's just mild cases and they can get back up into production. But this is something that's just been happening over and over again in the film industry and beyond. I suppose uh, is that all these productions gear up and there's like you know hundreds of people that they employ and it's like once that ship starts moving, it's very hard to stop it. Uh, so that's kind of – it's bad news just because that means they're going to blow through more budget. It means we're probably not going to get maybe as good of a show. But let's hope that it, they come – they're back online quickly and that everybody's healthy and that we can get more Star Trek Picard.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and, and the uh, the good news, though, is they're filming seasons two and three back-to-back. Oh, so, nice. I love that, that they're is... taking these – Exactly. I mean, so, I mean,
1: let's face facts here. Uh, <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart is not a young man. <laughs> no. So, if we can just like get as much of him as possible, and I want to reiterate another thing um, about Picard, I don't want this to go on too long. I just want I I just want his story to get tied up, tied up, finish it off. Maybe a third
0: season and then they wrap it up. I would not be too sad. I'd be like, okay, that's enough. Because they have also so many other great things happening in the Star Trek universe right now that I'd like to focus on those as well.
4: Nice. Um so my news which I'm shocked like no one had mentioned uh but so morbius has been delayed again oh yeah again for the fifth yeah. time or fifth or sixth time
1: there's a reason why Lucas and I don't care about this yeah
4: <laughs> oh yeah and I know why but I, I I I was actually I well I didn't realize that this fit into like the universe at all um cuz I haven't seen uh
1: Spider Man? Venom?
4: Nope. Venom! I haven't seen Venom. So I saw the tra- I just saw the trailer when I went and saw Spider Man and I saw it during when I went and saw uh Shang-Chi. Uh but it's been delayed for like the sixth time. It was originally supposed to come out at the end of this month's January, and now it's not coming out till April first. So uh people like are very upset because I don't think this movie's ever gonna come out. This is like James Bond the delay of James Bond, like three or four mm. times. Yeah, well, I don't know the exact reason for the delay.
1: This the, you you brought up like the you haven't seen Venom yet. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, this movie calls into question which cinematic universe Morbius is actually going to be in, because he references yeah. Venom in the uh, in the movie or in the, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. He references Venom, but then also part of the trailer is he's talking to Adrian Toomes, uh, who's played by Michael Keaton. And he was in the yes. MCU Spider-Man. So, and we found yeah. out at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home that Venom and Spider-Man aren't in the same universe.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a little confusing.
1: It is.
4: It is confusing. And I had to have my sister explain it to me in the movie theater because I was very confused by the post credit scene. Um, I was like, I have what? What I'm
0: most concerned about is, and I've said it on this podcast over and over again, Rise of the Midnight Suns was like one of my favorite comics growing up, that whole, mm-hmm. that whole series, which has Ghost Rider and Morbius in it and Doctor Strange. So, like, what I'm getting nervous about is they're never going to be able to get the pieces together properly right. to, like, do a pr- a good Rise of the Midnight Sun.
1: Wait, isn't isn't Blade also in the...
0: Yes, Blade yeah, is in Rise thought, of the Midnight Sun. I thought Suns. so, too. Well, it's a great... I mean, that comic series, just so you know, like, Ghost Rider was one of my favorites because I was, like, in high school listening to Nine Inch Nails and Tool, and, like, that was my <laughs> comic series. That and Spawn. So, like, I really would love them to get that right because it's more yes. like a horror series. Yes. It definitely dips dark and bloody so anyway
4: okay also hope, but hope also it. happening this week and just to like end news on a little higher note uh Please. peacemaker series premieres this week on hbo max the first three episodes are coming out uh and so did so, james gunn whoa. actually
0: direct though or like yes totally he, he, he did to it. Okay. He, di-
4: he directed most of the episodes it appears i thought he was like
1: just
0: most,
4: well he wrote them out right now he wrote the episodes oh, yeah, he might
0: have written yeah he probably did he's He's a good writer. It like
4: shows him. right now that he directed the first three that are coming out this okay. week. Oh, nice. And then the rest, it says, like, Brad Anderson is an episode, and the rest are, like, two in okay, determined. Okay, cool. Well,
0: I'll definitely check it out, because I was um, a big fan of yeah, The Suicide I mean, Squad.
4: Yeah, if you guys saw The Suicide Squad, you know John Cena played Peacemaker, so this is a spinoff series starring him. So I think it could be interesting. I think it'll it's fun to have, like, a... I don't know what the word is, but a more cinematic DC television series, because I don't like a lot of the mm-hmm. DC TV shows, except for Gotham, Gotham, which is arguably the worst one, apparently, <laughs> it really is, um, so I'm looking forward to watching this, and I love James Gunn, and I will probably, yeah. to the day I day, will watch anything he comes out with, because yeah, I Yeah, he's a former
0: him. trauma director, so i yeah. always love him.
4: Mm-hmm, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it, so I think there's, gonna, well, I don't think there is going to be eight episodes, so... It should be fun.
2: It'll be a fun time. So, does anyone have any more news? Alright, well then, that was the verse. Blind spot ahead! A verse squad! Blind
4: spot!
2: Okay, let's do this, squad.
0: Amalia, what did you watch this week?
2: I watched Attack of the Clones Episode 2 of Star Wars.
4: Yeah, you did.
2: (laughs) This I'm is very, going to be an interesting. I'm very excited. <laughs> Bridget, do you just
0: want a sidebar where you can chat with Emilia about the Attack of the Clones for the next hour?
4: Yeah, honestly, I, let's idea. just exit
1: out. <laughs> hey, Emilia, okay, Attack of the Clones, episode two of the Star Wars franchise. Give us your synopsis of the film.
2: I feel like this, this is a little easier the than the last part. one. <laughs> this is it, the hardest though? part of, of, of these blind spots. Um, <laughs> Okay, so it has been like nine years since uh, since the Phantom Menace. it It's been ten. ten. years since the Phantom <laughs> Menace. <laughs> Little Annie is all grown up, and now he's teenage Annie, um, which is interesting. And he, so he's, <laughs> he's a Jedi now, training under Obi-Wan. Uh, Kenobi, specifically. And <laughs> the, uh, Padme is coming back to the Senate to vote uh she she's a she's a senator now and she's coming back to vote on a very important bill about funding um a, a republic army because in this in these 10 years the separatist movement has gotten like way way worse apparently we've gone from like a couple like a handful of of outer rim planets wanting to secede to like several thousand according to the opening <laughs> scroll which kind of makes me Sounds feel like maybe it kind of makes me feel like the republic's a little bit of a little bit imperialist <laughs> but, um i think that's the main conceit of like what's supposed to happen because yeah i don't want to i don't want to get too ahead of myself in terms of how i feel about the movie <laughs> um but yeah padme and anakin reunite after uh Apparently, they were only supposed to be like 10 and 14 in the last movie. I didn't realize that. I thought she was like 20.
4: No, it was. No, it was. It was, it was age is, yeah, he was like seven or eight. And she was like.
0: So now he's eight, like 17, 20. 18. And she's what? Like.
4: Almost 30. Like
0: 30. Right. Yeah. Oh, and oh, and I just so want to point that out so we can yeah. focus on that for a little while.
4: Yeah, so that's 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 what he's like eighteen and she's like thirty. That's the that's the difference. So
0: you're saying there's maybe some grooming happening? Is what I'm I thought hearing.
2: she was like younger than that. She was no. supposed to be younger than that. Then they well, cast like they like
4: backtracked. I'm like pretty sure they backtracked between episode one and two because she was older and then like she was like, no, I was the youngest senator ever. And well, yeah, like fifteen,
0: sixteen. So now yeah, twenty six, and he's seventeen. Yeah. Okay, seventeen.
4: Yeah. So Just want to point it little out. Little less, little less. Well, hey, that's that's legal. That's legal. <laughs> uh, well, he's depends like, what you like
2: 19
1: now. <laughs> we we don't know how the galaxy classifies uh, con- consent.
2: This isn't about. It was a long time ago. Technicalities.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. did <laughs> and
2: Oh boy. So okay. So they. Uh, so apparently oh, Anakin's been pining after Padme all for a while. So now that they're reunited, it's like, it's a real, it's a really big deal for him. <laughs> and, but he also keeps having dreams of his, um, of his mother who he kind of, well, I guess he didn't abandon because he was, he was like sort of taken by the Jedi. Well, ostensibly he wanted to go with them, but he was also like nine. So who knows? But, um, He's been having visions of her, and he feels that she might be in trouble. And I think that's most of the subplots. And there's some some mysterious...
1: Okay, maybe, maybe touch upon the title a little bit? Uh, the clones?
2: Like... Yeah. No, because... <laughs> oh, man. No, because the clones were such a small part of this movie.
0: Well let, no. let's focus on one okay. thing though who was the clone who, who was the clone based off of cuz that actually Django ties Fett, into everything we're discussing. Boba yes, Boba yes. Father
2: because apparently uh Boba Fett is a clone of the perfect man. Okay,
1: so uh, yes. I was I was going to I was going to ask the question like is, is it a father and son because like yes. it's, like it's, it's not really like a,
2: a a younger twin. Father self.
1: Yeah, but let's say like, like it's, it's you and no. mini mini you. But,
4: Okay, but this is not like a Dr. Evil and mini Dr. Evil situation. Yes, it kind of is. No, because because when Dr. (laughs) Evil got mini Dr. Evil, Dr. Mini Evil was already like an adult Dr. Mini Evil. When Django got Boba, he got him as an infant, and they took the de-aging factor out of Boba so he could be raised at a normal Sure, but he's still still a a smaller
1: version. He's still a smaller version.
0: This stuff is so weird in these first, like, prequels, and then they lean into the weirdness in the, um, uh, what's it, the Clone Wars Mm -hmm. animated series and beyond. So, like, we could, let's embrace the weirdness and talk about how odd it is, because they do eventually address all this stuff.
4: Yeah, they do, because, yeah, because this is the film that it took me several years to really understand, like, what is going on and, like, to finally fill in, like, all the subplots that are going on, so... We'll get but, there. What the so, question? We'll ask any confusing elements. It'll probably be everything yeah, about. And this you,
0: film. you, we left out. So you left out a couple of besides the Clone War. There's other things happening.
2: Yeah, there's, you're there's leaving out Obi
1: Wan's are... story, plot. his plot.
2: Obi Wan's story. Well, uh... <laughs> and there's like I know there's like a whole thing with the the Jedi and the the dark side and the Sith. Um, they are they continue to infiltrate, I suppose. See, so, oh, this is the part where I get confused because I think everyone's motivations are really difficult for me to discern.
4: Yes.
0: I can feel that, yeah.
2: Because we got... Do you sense the we force? Have, Do you
4: sense a disturbance in the force, Emilia?
2: I sense many disturbances, and so we have Palpatine, who's to- this t- totally not evil. <laughs> guy who's got his own plots going on and then we meet another sith guy notably played by christopher lee yeah yes
4: yes who i
2: have to assume assume is a bad guy although he kind of doesn't like necessarily seem like okay well he has the all the aesthetics of a bad guy Mm
1: -hmm. yes as christopher lee Lee does there's (laughs) a
2: reason that
4: i talked about him as this character in the lord of the rings blind spot
2: (laughs) but i'm like not really sure i understand that he is on the dark side but he also was on a side of his own but i'm not 100 percent sure what his motivations are um and then obi-wan's like there (laughs) you're
1: i feel like you're really glossing over obi-wan's storyline here
2: (laughs) what is it what is the story like he uh... so
1: the, the the main plot of the story is like you said the um the vote for whether or not to establish a army of the republic, and Amidala, uh, Senator Amidal is considered like one of the biggest key votes. So all of a sudden, she has like a hit on her, uh, on her like to a bounty kill.
0: Yeah, it starts out where they they kill yeah. off uh, Kira Knightley's body double. Yeah, who was the body double of Badman? Right. <laughs> you yeah. notice then, it wasn't the
2: same actress. No, yeah, it definitely wasn't. That made it uh, a lot less confusing, honestly.
1: But then, uh, while they're Obi Wan is tasked to find out who the um, who put the hit on Padmé, yeah, who the
4: assassin is, right?
1: And uh, right, and Anakin, Anakin is supposed along. to protect her. So Obi Wan finds out that like, oh, like this was from like this planet called Kamino, and then he goes to try and find Kamino in the star in the uh, Jedi logs, and he can't find it because it's been erased. And then he goes to Kamino and finds out that a Dead Jedi ten years ago put an order in for like a million clones for the army, and then yes. and then he follows Jango Fett to Christopher Lee, <laughs> Count Dooku. Jango Fett,
2: the man, the perfect man.
1: Sure, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he follows him to Count Dooku, played by Christopher Lee, and that's when like things start really snowballing here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I covered that. That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh close. Close. Close,
4: close.
0: Okay, so I we kinda got most of the big plot stuff mm-hmm. handled. I mean, do we want to go into individual characters who yeah, meet their I demise? Think we because that kind should. of also
4: <laughs> who meet
2: <their> leads <laughs>
0: into the next things we're discussing today.
1: Yeah. So d- did you have a favorite character?
2: Um, yeah, I think so. Um I'm gonna go with well, okay, I would say C three PO, but it's like a um because he had some really great moments uh and C3PO C- might still be my favorite character in the whole Star Wars series so Good. far that's a but, choice uh in this movie it was probably obi-wan <laughs> is it okay, could be i his think finally? I
4: th- yes and well his I, think hair. Was,
2: I think he i think he he accomplished the most acting-wise with what he was given. <laughs> you yes! Ewan McGregor's yes. story
0: for the entire prequels. Like, I, for me, he uh, saves the he, oh, for
2: me. Ewan
4: McGregor is the Star Wars prequels. Like, yeah. it, no, if ands, or buts, but yeah, he did get to uh, lose the Padawan pony, so now he's got right, his nice yeah. made. You
1: yep. you already brought it up the the fact that like he he gives probably the best acting performance in this. I just want to point out right now that like. This movie actually has a bunch of Academy Award winners in it, mm-hmm. and I'm that says a lot like that. for how bad the acting the in this is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can I just point out though the, the how has nobody made a meme of when Obi Wan jumps out of the window when like?
4: Oh, that's uh, my favorite yes. scene. That's, that's one oh of my God. entire favorite scenes and, in the Star Wars. And, like,
0: I remember the theaters being franchise. like, "What the hell?" He just literally launches himself out of a window
2: to like hang on to this droid while chasing after an assassin so many amazing decisions were made in that scene
4: (laughs) when Anakin just like is like I'll be right back he's like I'll be right back master that whole
0: scene is worth the whole movie for me
4: no but also in the same chase sequence we are treated to Anakin and Obi-Wan in their little ship and Anakin's like, yes, master. And then literally falls straight out of the ship when they're flying through the sky. And Obi-Wan goes, oh, I hated when he does that.
0: My f- <laughs> yeah, you start getting the banter that you'll see like in the Clone Wars animated show. It's good. I mean, it's, it's literally good. like a buddy cop movie.
1: Well, oh, that's the best part about it is Obi-Wan's like this, like, I am so over all of this like i can't believe i'm like he's he's the uh from lethal weapon danny glover's character yeah he's the danny Glover. He's, yeah. he's the danny Clover, like you're just waiting for him to go like i'm too old for this like how is this still happening to me
2: yeah 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 but that scene um yeah re- some really really amazing decisions made in that scene you know, they, they walk in they see this assassination attempt happening on padme um Anakin takes the first opportunity he can to jump on her which wouldn't have been as creepy as if you know if he had not said all this creepy stuff before slices the worms away that are like on her so I mean I guess he's a he's a really good Jedi so it's maybe it's not a big deal for him to be that precise followed half a beat later by Obi-Wan just jumping out the window (laughs)
0: launches out the window it's so (laughs) hilarious to me you're like whoa anyway it's a so, good. I like that opening scene. Like I forgot how fun that was to watch in the theater, but did that land for you? That whole like chase scene in like the cool future city that looked like Blade Runner. Uh
2: yeah, I think so. I that, that was one of the more fun parts for me. Um Okay, I got I got to confess. Um I did not like
1: this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I got those vibes. It's,
4: it's, we 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 yeah, it's okay. We know. We know. Emily,
1: I <laughs> I didn't want to say this (laughs) beforehand, but this is also my least favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Hmm. I remember liking
4: this one
0: like the most, and I didn't finish it this time through, but I have to admit it was not hitting as well
1: this time for me. I, re-watching you know, <laughs> it, I was just like, wow, yeah, I didn't think this was my least favorite, but I'm pretty sure this is my least favorite. I, I am I'm gonna, almost certain.
4: Okay, I have to laugh, really laugh hard about this, because to me, like, I feel like this Star Wars film, Attack of the Clones, has, like, aged, like, fine wine for me. Like, every time I watch it, the experience gets better, because <laughs> um, I really don't like the Phantom Menace. That's, like, my least favorite one. I really do not like the Phantom Menace at all.
0: Same for me. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, like, this one just seems like such an upgrade, and knowing, like, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars, and after, like, seeing Clone Wars a bunch of times, and, like, knowing the character and the relationship dynamic between Anakin and Obi-Wan, it makes watching Attack of the Clones so much more fun, but I will say that when I first saw it, I did not appreciate it, like, I really didn't, but now... I love this movie. Like, I go okay. in and I just have so much fun watching it. But this
0: is not about Bridget's journey, I'm right? sorry, guys. Emily. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so even if you didn't like this one, were there any, like, scenes or moments that you did enjoy that stood out?
2: Yes. Um, there was this moment uh, towards the end when they're having their ridiculous gladiator fight. <laughs> um, and Obi-Wan's like, what are you doing here to Anakin? And Anakin's like, we're here to rescue you. Sorry, sorry. He says we're here to rescue you. Trying to mimic <laughs> spot the delivery. And then <laughs> Obi-Wan just goes, he just looks up at his change and he goes, good job. And I think that was the best line of the movie.
1: Like I said, Obi-Wan is just like straight, like I am over this. He is like, just like, I love, I love his character in this because it's that whole, like, I can't believe like, am I the only, am I just like the only one amongst a sea of morons cuz that's that's how he treats like everyone else almost like i can't believe you had two options run and on this is, own is the one you like, picked
0: he's like i'm out i'm just going to do it myself
2: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. honestly he might be um i also really liked uh so okay so cgi yoda was interesting i didn't think that more detail would make him look less realistic <laughs> but <laughs> right. uh Regardless of that, watching Yoda finally get to like show off his Yoda powers was kind of fun. He's so little, my moves so, so fast. Th-
0: that was a big deal in the theaters. You have to understand, like, when that was released, that's what people would not shut up about yeah. was like, did you see Yoda finally like that, show his that Jedi skills? That fight I have to admit, it was cool in the theaters to see that. That
1: fight scene is my favorite scene in the entire movie because it was fun to finally see Yoda cut loose and like, because in you know seeing the original trilogy you're like he's supposed to be this like really master great jet Je- master jedi i don't see it yet and then all of a sudden here it's like oh yeah yoda yeah. And
0: can you imagine young yoda how like unstoppable he must have been that little scamp anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so any any other favorite moments or because i have a funny feeling i know what like one of your big least favorite moments is going to be, but oh, I want. I got to, a couple. But be, but before we dive into that, I got to know. I got I got to know if there's any more good good moments for you.
2: Um, I I mean I did think the monsters were cool. It's starting to blend in a little bit with Boba Fett, unfortunately, because I watched them so closely together. <laughs> yeah, I can um, see that happening.
4: Well, I mean, do, it, I mean, like Boba Fett's bald in one and has hair in the other. If that makes a difference, right? right
2: well. That does, that's, the main, that's the main difference, I think. But um, the scene where, yeah, okay, so when um, they're in the robot factory and they're all like trying to avoid getting crushed by the machines and R2-D2 and C-3PO are there, R2-D2 is helping C-3PO. He's, he's, he's there too. <laughs> and he gets his head placed on a droid by accident. And um, that was Yeah, he's like the Jar fantastic. Jar
0: of this episode.
4: He
2: is. Oh, wait, yeah, actually, yeah, okay. That favorite moment, um, <laughs> the puns, the puns. Oh, my God. Because 3PO, like, as R2-D2 is, like, fixing him, he, like, pulls his head off the droid and he's dragging him along and he's like, oh, what a drag. <laughs> and then he <laughs> brings him to his body and then he goes, um, well, I'm quite beside myself. I... See the first pun I saw coming. The second one really caught me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was the clincher for me. That
1: was probably That's the awesome. only good part of uh, George Lucas's writing in this entire movie. <laughs> were those two puns? Um, all right, another question for you before we go on to least favorite. Were you able to tell everywhere where Samuel L. Jackson was because of his purple lightsaber? Because that was oh, a that thing. Oh, that's
4: going to be my fun trivia fact for this episode. Come on, so Norm.
2: I, oh, I, I did Legend actually. He does have a lot this. of Easter eggs for us. <sighs> um, honestly, no. I could not tell where he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Sorry. God.
1: Thus Sorry, negating man. the need for a purple lightsaber. We'll get into that a little bit later. When he
2: like first draws it, though, it's pretty sick. It is. It's Samuel Jackson, of course it is.
1: Yeah. I believe I believe there's an MF-er in the middle there, but we'll whatever.
0: Get oh. these Sith off these
4: mf <laughs> planets. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: okay, man. so I guess I guess favorite moments is done. Time to go into your least favorite moments, and I think yep. I think I think the red flag is going to come out for one of these. So go ahead. Um,
2: basically, uh, uh, everything. That <laughs> had to do with Padme and Anakin, whose nickname I have dubbed Panikin.
4: Panikin. Oh, I like it. I like that. That's good. That's good. That is great. I will I would say that I, that I
1: still- no no no, I no, 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 no. Uh, keep, keep, keep it with Panikin. I love that. That is Panikin. great.
4: I will say that- Okay, even though I admitted that I had a lot of fun watching this movie, the Panikin relationship is- it's so cringy to get through. Like it's so much of the, it's the movie. So, yeah yes. it
2: takes yeah, up a it lot is. of time yeah but, um, it's just there was like two hours of nothing and then finally they kiss after like you could argue that there was lead up but I wouldn't and then and then suddenly war and uh, it took <laughs> so long for the clones to attack <laughs>
4: <laughs> Love is a battlefield.
1: So a battlefield. <laughs> that that is true. It it does take a long time for the clones to actually come a part of it. But I mean, at least it's a little bit more clear than the uh, the Phantom Menace, right?
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, Title-wise, it's less
2: dumb name. But what really got me was that. For, okay, so I knew what this movie has been called for like my entire life, right? But I had always thought Attack the Clones makes the clones sound like a bad thing, which yes. perhaps they will be. But in this movie, they're not. <laughs> right. And so I was waiting for some kind, kind of, of like... a
0: bait and switch with the title on. I think I was on purpose in some ways.
2: <sighs> Look, okay.
4: Yeah. Eventually. I agree. eventually <laughs> and if I can find it today, I'll put it up on Twitter. But there's a great TikTok that a kid made about the original Star Wars trilogy, about the titles yeah, no, no, no. how they like they yeah, should you... have slipped with each other. Yeah,
1: but Emily should not <laughs> watch that.
4: Oh yeah, because it'll spoil it'll oh, yeah, spoil it's... the yeah. end. It'll
0: Heavy spoil movie. Yeah. So anyways, okay, I Emilia,
2: will not put so that. So besides
1: yet. the entire film, can you break down like <laughs> one or two scenes <laughs> maybe that maybe really... really cringed you? Yeah, really. Okay, you. okay.
2: Well before if before I get like you know, scenes, I feel like really what I have that I dislike are like overarching themes and Systemic issues with the movie, which are like Dialogues. Um Welcome so there's to the like, Dark Side. The Jedi are like always ostensibly the good the good guys because the anti-Jedi's are literally called the dark side. So but they're also like imperialists who are mm-hmm. okay with the ethics of using clones and like don't bat an eye at that. Don't don't like care at all. They're okay with the clones fighting each other, they're okay with having these like you know. Uh, bred to be super obedient soldiers that they're just gonna send out to die, um, and and so this whole thing was like, oh, the the Jedi are kind of imperialist. The Republic is actually a good thing, and the separatists are the bad people. Um, that is, uh, I, you, what I wrote here was my expectations were subverted too much. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, but they, you know, he that is done it on purpose. Though the Jedi is, are supposed to be shown as like, they're they're um. Somewhat corrupted from within without even the dark side, which I thought was really clever and interesting that they did that. I just hate the execution of it, but it, they are supposed to be imperialistic and you're supposed to see the cracks forming, yes, Norm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I'm, I'm going to bring this up. Um, I'm sure Bridget might have as well. Uh, the one great thing that stems from this movie is the Clone Wars TV show, yes. and in this, in that show, um, a lot of those overarching plots that you have problems with. Dave Filoni and and the crew who put this together actually address a lot of them so that it yeah. ma- it makes it going from like oh we're just supposed to gloss over this be like no they understand the morality and the moral grayness of it and all that stuff and they explain it way more so like even though you did not like yeah. again and this is coming from my point of view where I did not like this movie that much the TV show is so much better that and it like brings it all together to the point where you're like okay but it won't
0: save your viewing experience of this movie and and honestly a lot of us felt the same way when we first watched it because i remember the the original trilogy you're like okay there's a good side and a bad side and it's very Mm -hmm. obvious who's who um and then now they start really fracturing that and you're right it's like completely subverts your expectations and i love how you put it emily because i'm like yeah they they subverted it too much and that's kind of how i felt watching it originally being like what the heck's going on like who am I actually supposed to like and root for? In this whole, <laughs> no, this whole see, If you were looking yeah. at like,
4: like a bar graph of like the ratings of live action attack of the clones film, it'd be like nothing. There'd be nothing on the bar versus like the, <laughs> the like the clone wars, the series. No, seriously. It's just that show Dave no. Filoni just like filled in all the gaps, which is why I think too, now watching this has, me- have ever met as many times as I've seen this film after watching the clone wars a few times, like I what I don't like I don't like being confused while watching movies and I think that's what I didn't like the first couple times watching this through because there is so many plot holes but they do get filled in so I do understand a little more like about it and it, the cringiness is just like a part of this viewing experience no, no,
1: no. <laughs> The Clone Wars shows you how bad Attack of the Clones was. That's what mm-hmm. that's what the Clone Wars animated show did.
2: That's what it did for you. Okay. That's what it did. That at least Attack of the Clones was a little less confusing than the Phantom Menace.
1: <laughs> so, so, but anyways, uh, you talked about the the overarching um, plots that that you're not liking and all all that. Uh, any individual moments where you're like, "Wow, just I cannot believe this made it into a cinematic adventure."
2: I think there's probably stuff that I'm forgetting, but the uh, the in, the I could really feel george lucas's hand and everything <laughs> but um yeah everything to do with with Anakin, like their their kiss for me came out of nowhere because i was like they have no chemistry whatsoever when padme when padme like admits that she's actually in love with anakin i was just like Ugh. i like i knew it was coming but um it made no Didn't sense feel earned, though, right? It didn't feel earned at all because when she first sees Anakin, she's like, "You'll always be the boy on Tatooine." And the next couple of things that she says to him are like, "I don't want this. I'm really not into this. Please stop." And then she just she's basically like, "You know, I was just kidding about all that. I don't think that's a very good message to send out to society." But I agree. <laughs> um, one of my favorite lines, though, was um, when uh, so when Anakin goes to find his mother and. The the Tus- he finds um, she dies in his arms in the Tuscan Raider camp, and then he murders them all. And he comes back and he says uh, something close to this quote: "They were like animals, and I murdered them like animals. Slaughtered, them, again. I slaughtered Not, them. I slaughtered them. Slaughtered them. Not just the men, but the women and the children. And the children.
1: Okay, I want to bring this up real okay. quick, real quick because." Um, this is actually my least favorite scene in the entire series by far. It is so cringy; it's not even funny. He comes back. Uh, th- they were living there like animals, so I slaughtered them. I slaughtered them like animals. I all of them, and not just the men; the women and the children too. Like
2: N- not enough. How how is
1: <laughs> how is uh, how is uh, Padme just standing there like? Oh, and their hamsters oh, okay. Okay. and their pet rocks. <laughs>
2: No, no, because then she, she's like, gotta comfort him now because he's got a lot of feelings. No! Yeah, like they, they, they
1: that like should have been giant red, red
4: warning flags. Right! But like no, but, she was so but, unbothered but by it. She's like, the, oh how he how just is, committed murder of an entire village. But how is
2: the romance gonna happen? It's how are we gonna massacre. get massacre?
4: Yeah, massacre. <laughs> massacre.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the their uh, romance is terrible. Um it's a bummer because Queen Amidala, like or Senator Amidala, basically doesn't have any agency anymore. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: If she ever mm-hmm. did.
1: Uh honorable mention for the next worst line. Um I don't like Sand. sand. It's cold. Oh, my it god. gets everywhere. <laughs> Not like okay, here. So I knew where that soft.
2: came from Star Wars.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean poor Hayden Christensen, like he, he
2: you know, he's that... a good
0: actor. If you see him in other roles besides this one, like you'd be no, like, Oh I, my yes. god, I think this guy's great. Yeah. But it really, its hard, it was hard for me to, like, come around and like his character. This is, again, why we have to talk about the Clone Wars series, because that made me actually like this Anakin character. But I I just d- despised him
2: in this. Like, Oh, my God. The best, the the sand was, like, the sand line. Um, I didn't, I, I knew it was somewhere in the movies, but I really didn't see it coming until he was saying it. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. The meme, it's happening. It's
1: It's, it's so bad. And yeah. the fact that, like, Lucas is right. If you catch any of his stuff outside of um, uh, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then also Jumper, uh, which is another bad one, mm-hmm. um, like, he those movies are bad. Those are his worst act, acting chops that he has, has done. Uh, if you want to see great acting on his part, uh, Shattered Glass which was mm-hmm. done not too long after Revenge of the Sith, I don't think, where he really redeems himself. And I, I do recommend that to anybody to watch.
2: Who's a
0: hater, yeah, or doubter,
2: yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I I have no qualms with Hayden Christensen. I have a lot of qualms with, with teenage Anakin. I really preferred Kid Annie. Um, and I think the last, like, cringe line that I want to shout out is, like, his whole monologue to Padme when he's, like, he basically gives her, like, a a, a really crappy version of, of the Bridgerton, I burn for you monologue. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I guess he's, like, 19 and he's a Jedi and he's been told that he's, like, never allowed to do anything um, physical with a... He's never allowed to, like, be in a relationship, <laughs> right? And so he's just like, it's killing me. I'm dying over yeah, here. Yeah, there's a lot of sexual, sexual repression
1: in there.
0: the
2: Jedi Order, I gotta tell
0: you. <laughs>
1: This just hammers home the fact that George Lucas cannot write romance scenes. No. And thank- can't write dialogue oh, yeah, or romance. Bad. And thank God that Carrie Fisher and um, and uh, Harrison Ford were able to, like, salvage what little bit was in the original trilogy, even though that was barely salvageable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and yeah. I stress barely there.
0: So that's – the stuff you didn't like. What about confusing elements? I feel like it's not nearly as bad as The no, Phantom not. Menace, but there's still definitely things that you're like, at least for me, I was like, huh?
2: I, okay, what I, I need to know, I need to understand everybody's motivations here, um, mostly within the Sith. Uh, and, like, the clone army and who commissioned it and why. And, like, I understand that Palpatine saw this opportunity to, like, get the clones and so he engineered this whole thing with jar jar Binks to uh to have him vote in in amidala's stead to get an army and that army is the clones but um i still don't understand like who commissioned them and i feel like it has it has to have something to do with the republic um and so, i don't really understand christopher lee's motivations
1: <laughs> so um just th- this is not spoiler because this is actually said in the film but it's like so like briefly mentioned there's a Jedi Master called Sifo Diaz, who supposedly commissioned the clones. Now the only problem here, um, and it's mentioned by Obi Wan in the in the film, Sifo Dyas died before the clones would have been commissioned. But yeah, yeah. So a lot of people out there, you know, they they think that Palpatine just disguised himself as a Jedi and used Sifo Dyas's name. To do this. That
2: would be what I w- would guess, but...
0: Then how does Dooku fit in?
2: Yeah, what's going on with him? He's, he's also on the dark side, but he doesn't seem like so... like He's teamed up with Palpatine, but they seem to have like an uneasy alliance.
1: <laughs> well, uh, this is just... Uh, Bridget, feel free to jump in here, but... Just Sith in general, the Sith in general are not trusting of each other because they want the power they want to be the top so like i got the power you you know like in uh in the jedi order they're trying to train all these padwins in the sith order there's a master and an apprentice to the master and then a bunch of force sensitive sith users who are just kind of like waiting in the wings to get their like number called to go up
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah is that that's right right yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. So, like, when it comes to the Sith, like, as you write, Norm, you, like, you almost quoted exactly what Yoda says. Like, there is, like, is only two, like, an apprentice and then his master. It there's always two. It's always a pair. Because then the if there's more than that, then like whoever the Sith Lord is, the power, like, it can't, like, there can't be more than that. If that makes sense. Like, it's all about, uh, like, balance. Doesn't really balance in the force. Balance in the force. Like Jedi can work together and be a team. And there could be hundreds of them and you know that their goal is to always restore balance in the force and they can always work together and to do good to make things better to balance out the dark side. The dark side, they're just so evil, like there only can be like two power, the master and the apprentice. You can't have any right. more than that.
1: And, and in the older lore, um, the Sith have a reputation of the apprentice killing the master at yes. some point to take over yes. the role of master.
4: Pretty much every time.
1: So that that's why you're right. Dooku doesn't really seem like he's 100% on board with Palpatine because at one point, Dooku doesn't want to be the apprentice anymore. He wants to be the master.
2: He wants to be the master. Yeah. I think what's a little confusing to me is that Count Dooku is the, um, the de facto leader of the Separatists, which is opposed to the Republic, but... Does that just mean both sides are corrupt and that they're like warmongering or something and then that's that's to get the uh, army and then that's You're
1: you're leaning into you're it now. There, there you are. There. there
2: you go. There you go. Wow, this was not handled very deftly <laughs> in the film. <laughs> no, it was not. That you're,
1: it was not. you have your finger right on the button like hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a it's a mess. Like there's it's like a lot of the messiness of The Phantom Menace just carried over, then they doubled down and made it more cluttered, yes. essentially. Yes,
2: yes. Well, I feel like they had a lot to accomplish in this movie, but they spent, like, two hours hanging out with, with the very awkward pairing that is Panikin'. You mean frolicking in a field? Agreed. Right, they, they did frolic. That was the whole thing.
4: Yes, yes, they legitimately frolicked.
2: <laughs> well, I
0: feel like we're at the point where we have to ask you, what are your theories moving forward, how you see this trilogy prequel trilogy wrapping up
1: because there's only one more
2: i mean (laughs) yeah the sith the sith's revenge i think is gonna be like (laughs) the all-out war (laughs) the uh the the all-out war movie because we've got we have got a clone army we've got a droid army and they're both controlled by people who are on the dark side and that seems like a like a powder keg of sorts um it does make me think that perhaps the clones won't always be used for good. (laughs) Maybe. And um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Padme is Luke's mother going to be Luke's mother, maybe probably. And uh, there's a couple of things from robot chicken that are starting to, which means, which
1: which means if she's Luke's mother, that would also make her.
4: (laughs) Yes. There you go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, I like totally forgot about them. I like kind of erased it from my mind. That <laughs> <the> <laughs> <first> <laughs> <sequence>. <laughs> yep, pretty much.
4: Pretty much common theme.
2: Uh yeah. Anakin's going to have to make his final descent to the dark side. I think he's going to get himself a red lightsaber. <laughs> and um I don't I don't think somehow I don't think Padme is going to be so chill about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> ah, would you- Look! Look! She got a big red flag in this movie, and she just and did not acknowledge it. Yeah, I was gonna
2: it. say, no, maybe she would be okay with it because she's apparently okay with him being a genocidal maniac.
1: <laughs> yeah, a mas- massacre. I mean, yeah, me. I would say, uh, me. I mean, genocide's a little—he I
2: mean, not not quite a genocide. Yeah, he killed a a, uh,
1: like half of a tribe, really. So.
2: Yeah, yeah it, and they're tus- just Tuscan Raiders. Who really cares? Yeah, but,
1: no, no, yeah, I'm not going that. With, I'm like, not going that far. But I am going with the like the numbers. Just I don't think <laughs> add also, up to genocide. This is so funny. Having, watching
4: watching this and then watching Boba Fett. Oh my god, it's just very mm-hmm, funny. After right? watching
2: this, it's, it's a very different okay. experience. Anyway. I'm actually really glad that I did watch them back to
1: back. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> um, are you excited to see more? And then hit us with your rating out of five.
2: I, I i actually am excited to see more i want to wrap up this trilogy oh, and good. i want to see if good certain spo- things that have been spoiled for me are in fact true and i i think that they are
4: okay yeah. fair
1: okay but final five. rating come on
2: oh man like a two uh, okay, okay. I, I'd, I'd say yeah
4: i'd say that's pretty generous uh, honestly
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, i'll say that is generous i'm going like maybe one and a half um, Lucas's writing, Lucas's writing of dialogue alone is just mm, cringe.
2: It really, uh, that really messed things up because the, so, the whole scene when he does take out the Tuscan Raiders plot wise, it's, it's like, it's good. It's like good character development. I agree. It's like makes sense, but the way it was delivered just makes it one of the worst things ever.
1: <laughs> if you take out a lot of like the dialogue and just look at the plot solely, this movie could have been a really good movie. Oh, easily. Just easily. don't let George yeah. Lucas write the dialogue. Oh,
0: yeah, god. honestly, if if Anakin had massacred that whole village and then came back and didn't tell her and she was just like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry your mom," right? Like, and you start seeing he's yeah. hiding parts of himself from exactly. her. That's like makes a really good conflict. Agreed. And it makes you realize he's internally dri- driven that he he knows he did bad things. And he's concealing it from the woman he loves. Like that would have been so much better for both those characters. And instead, the they woman that, he loves, yeah, yeah, Quote, woman, yes, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: yes, yeah. I'm at this point. I'm at the point where I'm like, I want to watch the sequels. <laughs> Excited about them.
4: Woo!
0: I, I really want you to watch the sequels. I've been dealing with the prequels. Hope because I want to get your perspective on the sequels. Because mm-hmm. I have a feeling like they did. I'm not a big fan of them. But I feel like if you're a newer Star Wars fan, they're probably a better experience for you.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, That's what I'm curious to see too because most of the people that I know that are new to Star Wars or maybe didn't see – the original films they're like oh i love the star wars sequels yeah but as a star wars fan i did not love the sequels i did I, no. and i probably should sit out of all those blind spot episodes no because no, no. i will be ah i just will go okay. off amelia okay. has got beef i got i got beef i got beef
1: Amelia, <laughs> a- 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 these two I-, I think are overblowing a little bit especially bridget because if bridget likes the prequels a lot then she has no right to say the sequels are worse at all. I'm not saying they're worse. I did not say they're worse.
4: I did not say they're worse. I just have much more beef with them than I do Mm -hmm. the prequels. I didn't say that they were miserable viewing experiences. It's just like the direction of certain things that happened in those films or didn't happen, I have beef
2: with. Okay. I really, I, I really still am like sometimes wonder if this was the right decision to watch Star Wars at all. <laughs> it's too late. You are. <laughs> it's conversation. Are, these are the conversations I covered, escaped.
4: covered, head knee deep in the Sarlacc Pit. All right. Way so, too late.
2: <laughs> I am looking forward to the sequels. I could end up being a sequels person. The prequels, I, so far at least, this is like, I don't think that they're better than the original trilogy, but I do think that oh, they're probably, I would probably more willingly rewatch them, <laughs> which is a different metric. Sure. It
4: is, it is, because I, I think the original trilogy is the best, but I enjoy watching the prequels more. <laughs> yeah,
2: so just to wrap it up, my, my new rank order is 5, 4,
0: 1, 6, 2. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we know the origins of Boba Fett, it is time to continue his story in the Book of Boba Fett.
2: Okay, so let's delve into some descriptions of the Book of Boba Fett, episodes 1 and 2. Our story begins at the ending of The Jedi Returns, back on Tatooine where we last saw Boba Fett fall into the Sarlacc pit. Boba miraculously survives the encounter, and then we fast forward five years later to Jabba's palace, where Boba now rules the criminal underworld from his former boss's lair, alongside his trusty lieutenant Fennec Shand, played by Ming-Na Wen. But politics is politics, and Boba definitely has his work cut out for him if he wants to rule and survive. Episode 2 then delves into his experiences with the Tusken Raiders that he was captured by after escaping the Sarlacc Pit. These flashbacks set the stage for the new crime lord's ruling style as one of respect and mutual understanding with the natives of Tatooine, rather than Huttese disdain.
0: All right, so what did everybody think? Maybe we should start with Emilia since...
2: Um, you know, We're the, I was actually working... Pre- I, I I was kind of like anticipating disliking them because I was like, who cares, man? <laughs> do we need this like likewise like this is just an action figure (laughs) um but uh i am begrudgingly enjoying this series so far (laughs) i'm always saying that the best part of star wars is like the world building and they're finally doing it and i'm just trying to trying to fend off the feelings of this feeling a bit like a cash grab Uh, (laughs) but i am enjoying this the series so far
0: good yeah i mean that's i was expecting to not like this one as much and i think maybe because of that i've been really jiving in it because so what i liked about this one that totally surprised me is it felt like a total mashup between conan the man with no name and lawrence of arabia (laughs) like they kind of took these properties that i've been a huge fan of forever uh and they just kind of put them all in the star wars universe and and again they really flushed out the fremen oh i mean the Sand People. Um, the Tuscan Raiders, because they, you know, it, it's uh, characters we've seen and, and been treated totally just as like a, a side thing. And then we actually get to know their culture and how they operate. And and we get to see Boba Fett as like a as a human being, not just like this annoying, you know, uh What's it called? A clone character that is again like a cardboard cutout. We actually got to see some of his motivations and his backstory, and we get to see the huts. It's like it was really fun to explore this world, mm-hmm. and and I kind of love that they lean into the the western. It, it mm-hmm. seriously feels like watching those old serialized, you know, western stuff that George Lucas essentially was like basing a lot right. of his original and, Star Wars. And same with
4: self. the western idea, like this. And I know like we haven't watched it, but. Like the Mandalorian, especially season two, they really, Mm -hmm. really leaned into that. And I think, and like they came out with one of the best pieces of Star Wars content ever. And then they did that whole Western episode. It's the idea of the Western that Star Wars has been recently embracing. Uh, And it's a lot of fun because you're.
1: No, no, no. I I actually think the first uh, couple, uh, um, New Hope and Empire Strike Back lean into the Western a lot
0: really heavily influenced by this See, Western know. serials that yeah. uh, that George Lucas grew up with. And that's the thing is like he took the best parts of those shows and put them in a sci-fi universe, yep. which was awesome. Like,
1: Yeah, I completely anyway. agree.
4: Yeah. No, I'm enjoying this. And, I, and and like you guys said, I wasn't expecting to because I don't really – I never liked Boba Fett. So.
0: No. This is making me like not only the character but the actor as well. He kind of reminds me of Charles Bronson's Tamir approach Morrison. where it's like there's very yeah. little emotion in <laughs> yeah, the actual performance.
2: Yeah. And the direction they're going with, I think, is very interesting. It's, it's like, it's a story that we've seen before, but I think it's being carried out pretty well. Like, Boba Fett does not, is not, like, um, he suffers a little bit from main character syndrome, but it kind of works for him because his whole thing is that he's trying to, like, rule by respect and he's trying to bring a new kind of reign a- after the huts. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's going to be, like, disputed by the people. and And so the whole show is... The whole, the whole show does not necessarily rely on his character arc from A to B. It relies on uh, showcasing a world, basically. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Star Wars can really excel at. And, so...
0: and what they've done in this series that they've failed to do in so many others is the humor lands and it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the jokes they put in there and the side characters. And, like, for me, this is all working way better than I expected.
4: And, I, and it's funny because there's not even a lot of dialogue
0: Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the best part. That's
4: right. No, but there's not. <laughs> like oh, like going from watching I like I watched episode 2 this morning after I watched Attack of the Clones and there's like little to no dialogue, period. Yeah, that's great. The, the whole Tusken
0: Raiders thing was so good for me. Like that I actually liked the second one better than the first one because of that. Oh, that it was like
4: I mean, right off the bat that like whole train action action sequence, like that to me almost felt like a top-notch action s- sequence you get in yeah. a Marvel film. Like it, and y'all seriously. know that I
0: I want to own one of those land speeders. Like that for me is like a dream thing, like that I would be able to have own one of those and ride it. I want
1: the one of those sticks. Them. I want a stick. You so a stick. I, I'm I'm just going to say it. I'm actually yeah. not liking this that much. Like honestly, oh, that's a bummer, I, but I get first it. I really don't care about Boba Fett. I cannot stress how much I don't care about Boba Fett. But I do care about Finnick uh mm-hmm. more and like she's so cool. She Fennec is off. really cool, Fennec but yeah. I like uh, that's that's just the way it is um uh phoenix played by uh Mina Ming Wang, Na Wang. yeah Mina Wang uh she's awesome i love her i loved her in agents of shield she's a top notch actress period um the best thing about this show so far is the lack of dialogue because the music in it is so good and they're borrowing oh, a lot nice. of the themes yeah. from the mandalorian
4: which, which are, are so good.
1: Which are so good, <laughs> I didn't know that. and so that's good. why. Like right now, I'm watching the series, and I'm like, okay, I can still watch this because there's not a ton of dialogue, and that music is just great. And I do agree that that train scene was probably my favorite scene of the two episodes by far.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird and because we're getting to spend a lot of time with the Tuscan Raiders, the Sand People, which were like honestly characters that like I hated like throughout. The Star Wars franchise? No, because they, like, they never... Yeah, they
0: were silly. They were like... Yeah. I, I don't understand them, though. Like, so they're wrapped in all this stuff. So what do they look like underneath? We, we don't I liked know. how it, in the train sequence, we got to see, like, the villains. They took their masks off, and there were aliens that were wearing masks. I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Like,
4: yeah. of course.
0: Right. Uh, but... Yeah, the whole Tuscan Raiders thing—they seem so dorky, like uh, like they they made them out to these characters. Then they actually gave them a culture and it made them like a, that one leader was such like a badass fighter.
4: So, oh my god, like, he I actually, was so sick! Like he had some of but, the yeah. best action. Best are, sequences. are
1: we are we sure that's a dude? I don't think that's a dude. Oh,
2: you think it's a woman. No, I think it is. Well, you're right. We don't know. We don't gender. Know. we don't see gender don't under the road. What I'm confused about is, um, are there? faces are those their faces
0: no or are those no no those no idea. No, i masks. think they're masks they're... so what do they look like underneath we never see we never uh see you don't
1: them. see in i'm hoping the... we'll find out in this show yeah you don't mm-hmm. you don't see in the, any of the series or cartoons but you do see in the comic books oh,
2: oh. no but i but love also, i'd like glad you brought up the music norm actually because it's composed by ludwig Gurensen who also did the music for black panther and I'm starting to wonder oh. if he's just becoming the go-to guy for, like, really good tribal soundtracks, which yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a good idea. But <laughs> really <laughs> great, really great music and of theme. I didn't know that there was, like, a bunch of stuff from The Mandalorian, so I'll watch those someday. Yeah,
4: like, the instrumental, like, yeah, the, so they used a very specific instrument in The Mandalorian to make the theme. And I cannot remember what it was, but the, um, the I watched, was it like, the drums behind no, it was, I can't, it was like a, like, I can't, I can't even remember what it was. I watched a whole behind-the-scenes episode of The Mandalorian oh, okay. about it, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, But, no, it's really, it's really cool, and I like that it calls back to The Mandalorian. And I like, too, something that they started implementing in the post-credits. They show the artwork. Like yeah, the, I love that. The, they did that Like, in the illustrations, yeah, yeah the, of the episode, which I think is, like, a really cool touch it's definitely different uh but it's it's fun to see like the concept art well, if you
0: ever were following star wars as like a fan that the concept art of the original star wars series is so cool mm-hmm. it's just so out there and you can see like the inspirations and then where it ended up because i'm like a fan of like hardcore sci-fi that i grew up with and the, and the covers of so many of those books when you look at the original side the art for the star wars is like so cool. It totally reminds me of all those books I grew up uh, reading. Um, the thing that, I, that really I enjoyed in these ones was the, uh, the Exploration of the Criminal Underworld. Because you never, you know, it's, it's again, it's something that was always in the background mm-hmm. of Star Wars. And now the more we get to explore that world, I'm like, this is the reason to watch the Boba Fett show for me is we get to see more of like what's happening on the outskirts. And, yeah. You know, the, the further we get away from Jedi, the further we get away from Skywalkers, the happier I am. In the I, Star Wars I agree season. with so, that last
1: part. Really?
4: Yeah, wait, so I have a question really? then for you, Lucas. So then yeah. did you find yourself yeah. enjoying Solo, a Star Wars story? A little bit more?
0: Hey, yes. I don't want to spoil it, but I... So I was really skeptical of it. And the thing I didn't like about the Solo thing is they didn't need to cram so much of, like, you know, uh, fan service into it. But I was like, I would watch... I wish they had a few more of those because it's literally like uh, Ocean's Eleven in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a... Anyway,
1: the best yes. Star Wars movie put out in the last twenty years was Rogue we'll One. Say the same time. Rogue One. Rogue One. <laughs> which which did not have not like a, any not like a, Jedi or Sith Wars in it until movies. the end.
2: Right. right. I don't. Th- I okay. I'm over here just shooting from the hip, not knowing what I'm talking about. Shooting so I haven't first. Seen anything? <laughs> shooting first, but yeah. I feel like Rogue One and Solo a Han story, whatever is, are not actually star wars movies like because they're not a part of a trilogy they're just like they're, they're filler movies so solo
0: the the movie so i was a fan of the novels there was actually a novel that they re- they released after star wars because when i was a kid you know you have to understand there was no content so you just reach for everything that was out there and i had these like three stories of han solo before he met you know luke and all that stuff and it's just him being a um a smuggler and And it's so good. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that, those little, that novella. And so I would, I wish they would actually make just like a solo story when he was younger. Like a TV series of him when he was younger would be awesome.
4: No, and the only reason I brought Solo up and Rogue One is because, like we just said, it seems like the book of Boba Fett is going to be like a similar style to those films. We don't follow a big plot line of the Jedi Uh, Which is why I think I like The Bad Batch, too, because the plot line does not involve around the Jedi. It's everyone else in the Star Wars universe, which is like basically infinite. You can have a whole series about so many uh, different characters. But also, too, this is focusing on the crime syndicate, which I I have an Easter egg about anyways. But later. (laughs) um, No, because it's very fascinating. And I think people don't realize how much the crime world like comes into play in Star Wars. Yeah. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's a good time. It makes sense.
0: My only pet peeve is that as much as I love the Western, and of course it's going to place take place on Tatooine, you've heard me say this over and over again. I'm like, for a place that's supposed to be like a backwater that nobody goes to, they spend so much time. Yeah, I
4: was just going to say, I'm kind of sick and tired of going to Tatooine. I really am. I really like, not a totally. fan of they have
2: two two suns or two moons or whatever two sons.
4: yeah also wait two i do sons. have a question for you guys how are you guys feeling about the like back and forth of the flashbacks
0: i've actually been enjoying it wow. because otherwise it would be very your traditional serialized story mm-hmm. and it's like it, it, it it's at this point it's adding another layer that it's character exploration we're learning about his character as well as pushing the plot forward so i'm okay with it for now in fact i kind of prefer it but it depends on if they weave it together properly by the end
2: yeah it's working for me yeah and this whole sarlacc pit thing i I mean when they first showed him like busting his way out of the sarlacc i was just sort of like whoa like that seems like it happened too easily because the sarlacc was supposed to be like I, you know, I remember what it was like and how big of a deal it was to fall into it and, or be thrown into it rather. But then they managed to spend quite a lot of the next two episodes basically being like, look at how badass Boba Fett actually is. Like, they're really trying to prove a point here. And so I was like, OK, fine. I'm willing to believe that he got out of the pit.
1: My problem with the Sarwak pit, though, is is like um, while he's in there, he <clears throat> I guess the, the argument here is he survived because he had the oxygen going into oxygen. his mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, like, he goes over to one of the dead stormtroopers who you don't know how they got in there. And he's, like, yeah. stealing oxygen from his unit. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, by now, that oxygen that tank would have, have been running. Oxygen, he wouldn't man. have any oxygen. Yeah. That took me out of I it mean, a little I, bit I I'm more. just going
0: to let it go. Like, those are little details. I was like, yeah. I honestly thought he was going to use his jetpack to shoot at it. Yeah, out the I thought he was going to
1: try to yeah, do that, that
4: too. been. But he messing, just blasted like, through the side. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to not think about that too much because I won't sleep.
2: Yeah. So it does seem more. It does seem to make more sense to blast out from the side than to try and get back all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. There
4: you go. Yeah.
1: I- yeah oh, wait, like,
4: again, I have issues with about- that because like if he blasted out of the side, he would have gone like right back into the sand.
1: Right, which is why right. you see him coming out of the He's sand.
0: Crawling out of the sand. Uh,
4: well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good point. All right, I'm just kidding. I need to stop. Stopped. Stop, no, that, that was... was in one of my Easter eggs. That was one
1: of my Easter eggs, <laughs> Lucas! <yes>! I was going to say, Lucas, that, that was like one of the only Easter eggs I like kind of had, but. Um, so, Emily, what, what, okay, what, I, uh,
2: what do you have an issue gonna, with? I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to blow past that. And can we talk about these like, okay, so I've never known what moisture farming is. Is what they're doing moisture farming? Just digging through the sand no. to find these, well, like, shells that have water in them?
1: They're, they're not moisture farming, I so. technically. I, no, they're not. I mean, I guess that's farming. They're, uh, no, they're, they're moisture foraging. Foraging. There you <laughs> go. Moisture foraging. What is moisture, far- moisture farming? So, so can you just scrub moisture things?
0: from the air or something. Yeah,
1: ba- or... basically, okay. the, if in the... Uh, in a deleted scene, apparently, for I can't remember which movie. It might have been, might have been the first one. They explained it a little bit more about how Luke's. Uh, oh no, no, no! It was it. It was in this. It was a deleted scene for Attack Attack of the Clones, where Lars, or no, o- Owen and Lars are explaining how they get the moisture out of the air for the farming. And there's like condenser units so and all that So essentially if you stuff.
0: read Dune, it's like the Fremen, they would have their sieges that would c- capture moisture. So essentially George Lucas really did rip there off was a everything lot of, from Dune.
2: There was a lot of Dune in yes. this. They even talked yeah. about spice. Yes, they yes. did. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Although I love that the, the spice is harvested on the Kessel
2: Whatever. Guess, yeah. So the, Kest- you remember, the well you
4: no, well, well, we get the castle run, but like the spice mines of Kessel. The spice mines yeah. of Kessel it's it's a big it's a big
1: the slave plot s- line. The slave, slave spice slave mines. spice mines of yes. Kessel.
0: That's cool. So but but they are filling out this whole world, this whole universe, and that's the cool part just to see them like kind of connected all together. And, you know, and I did love that Boba Fett, like, what's making me like him is that he gets captured by these sand people, which we know has happened, like, to Anakin's mother, and it happens, mm-hmm. you know, the sand people just thought of as these animals, and then you get to see him root for the underdog, these these poor indigenous, you know, creatures who end up, are, like, getting picked off from, like, a moving train, which is totally reminiscent of the Wild West, where they literally would have people shooting at buffalo and, you know, natives from a moving train, uh, there, so there's a lot of actual like, callbacks to like American history in this, um, and the fact that he joins for, joins up with them and and empowers them, and then literally leaves them with like you know technology. I just like that they they made him a sympathetic character, but they didn't, and they showed his strength that it's not mm-hmm. just him uh, flying around and you know on a jetpack and shooting cool things.
2: It's like no, yeah. he actually is standing like up that. for the little guy. Yeah, so, yeah I, like I've always he, liked that kind like of Boba show Fett. of strength where they're like, yeah. he is. Well, he is also happens to be like super strong and really good at fighting and a very capable yeah. warrior but he his like true strength is in in his in his mercy and his code and kindness yeah. and rather than which is like such a departure from the huts rule
0: mm-hmm. yeah so I i'm like always that. a fan of a that story he... that
2: like that upholds uh kind of quote-unquote like softer aspects of personality like that
0: Yeah, and if you're going to be in the criminal world and telling a story, like, you have to have a code, right? Like, there has to be, and that's the thing about being in, in the Western world or, like, on the frontier is that there's no law, so you have to have, like, your own code of honor that you function on. And that's what, like, like I said, why I love that they're leaning into the Western thing, and it really sort of makes sense for this character who's been very kind of on the villain side of the story up until now.
4: So, should we get into some Easter eggs? I'm really excited yes, about Easter eggs, guys. I'm really excited. I, and I feel oh, I, bad. That... I want to say one last favorite. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, one last favorite moment, though, Bridget. The reason I've brought up Conan is not only for him being dragged behind the uh, the, the beast, oh, whatever, my God. when he gets yeah. captured, yeah. but it's oh, also yeah. when they make the stick at the end. It's totally like the beginning of Conan when they're forging, forging. the stick. Anyway, yeah. just yes, wanted to point those two true. out, which are kind of Easter eggs. Okay,
4: that's true. <laughs> and technically, oh, don't
2: don't don't go there. Technically, <laughs> Darth
4: Vader was like Conan, right? Wasn't James Earl Jones? Yes. oh yeah. yes yeah yes. good call back. yeah uh yeah so anyways so i got a few little easter eggs usually this is norm's territory but uh since we're in the star wars universe i am taking over taking over his hat uh so yeah so like fennec shan obviously we were introduced to her character in the mandalorian and then also we saw her in the bad batch if you mm-hmm. guys if you don't remember that nor well, wait Norm.
0: she appeared in an episode of the bad yeah batch.
1: Uh, no i was i was gonna say like oh, a couple of them right yeah, yeah. I, I was was finnick also in the clone wars at
4: one point no no not in the because beginning No, that was a different no, she was not because the bad batch was her first oh. appearance in an animated form
0: okay okay
4: yeah so uh she's awesome really like her so the the in episode one the biggest Easter eggs have to do basically with Jabba the Hutt who we meet in the original Star Wars trilogy. So first like AD eight is Jabba's droid that that we're learning it's the same exact droid that we saw in the first film, and then <laughs> so the rain core if you guys remember is mm-hmm. the is the beast that is in kept in the dungeons underneath Jabba's place that Luke has to fight in to in order to basically get. And, uh, solos and murder and murders, murders to get solo to pet. get Han's body frozen in carbonite, uh, back. So, yeah.
1: So, time timeline wise. Everyone's got to know that that Rancor's gone by now, right? Yeah, <laughs> you'd think.
4: Yeah, I was thinking that this think whole time. I'm out. like Maybe I'm like new one. I'm like the Rancor is not in there. The Rancor is not in there. And then they were like, "But there's more than one Rancor.
0: You can have a, I, I think Emily's right. You could always buy an, another Rancor, go to the, you know, the pet shop and get another." Yeah, I
4: guess <laughs> you could. <laughs> I guess you could. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I mean like I just assumed it wasn't going to be there and it actually like the humor hit there. Like that was funny. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, there's no Rancor." uh <laughs> i mean that was good that was good um uh, so this is this is going in episode two but then we are introduced to jabba Hut's cousins so mm-hmm, in the, the clone wars mm-hmm. yes the twins in the clone wars we were actually introduced to the hut council so there's like there's like 12 Jabba's basically like, uh, yeah. and so the twins were actually introduced in the Clone Wars. So these, this is the first time we're seeing them in live action form, which is again, I love that they're pulling characters from the Clone Wars and the animated series. It just gives them so much more credibility. Uh,
2: yeah. Also their litter did not look stable. I gotta say.
4: Yeah. I, I think they
2: needed a couple more, a couple more dudes carrying that thing. Yeah.
4: I actually was also questioning the physics of that. I'm like, that has to be like 10 tons. Like how are Don't they 10 have, like, people
2: carrying that? Don't that you can... I don't no, know.
1: you got to show power know. by making sure that people are carrying you.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I Maybe like that. a I couple more people, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
4: Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Oh,
0: by the way, that, Chew- that, that Chewbacca, what's, it, what's the race what's Wookie. the Wookiee. The, what's Wookiee. That Chewy. was a cool Wookiee. Also, that that that's, like, Wookie. also, see also see
4: that's like the first time we're fighting. seeing a – I just want to put this on everyone's radar. That's the first time we're seeing like a Wookiee basically as a bad guy. The Wookiee has only ever been – like siding with the Jedi and you know, like essentially the quote-unquote good guys in the Star Wars universe. No. So I hope we Can see I, that like, Wookiee again too? because I think <laughs> mm-hmm. that'll be super fun. Well, you
0: heard that he was part of a uh, a gladiator. Yes. So I'm like, well, no, oh, the Wookiees, the Wookiees
4: are gladiators. Like that's their race. Like that's their species.
2: Apparently, there's also a – wait, really?
4: Yeah, I thought that was like no,
2: Bridget, we're we're
0: gonna
1: have to fact check you on that. But you are the expert. Yeah, so I, I kind, I kind have of I don't d- want to have argue. To defer.
2: I wouldn't yeah. be surprised because I feel like there's a lot of alien species who seem to be like they just all do one thing. Like yeah. all of the um <laughs> yeah. like well, there's like thing, a race of musician aliens apparently. Yeah.
4: <laughs> okay, no, and I and I would go into the I'm gonna I would go into a more description of the Wookiees, but it will spoil something for Emilia. so I'm gonna avoid that for now. Okay. okay so sure. we can talk about it later. We can talk about it later. Okay. So if you guys notice when they went to most Espa, which is the bar, that sketchy little seedy little bar restaurant, the Max mm-hmm. Rebo band was playing, or the aka the Cantina yeah, band, around. so like they've obviously found a new establishment since Jabba's no longer around uh, that they're mm-hmm. playing in, so I thought that was really fun. I, well, I thought, I was I like, what if they played? Working,
2: okay. <laughs> Look, <laughs> yeah, the, the reason working, why Max Rebo's
1: decision. band went to work there instead was because they just did not agree with the Cantina's policy on no droids.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. We did get some nice droid hate.
1: They wanted droid (laughs) equality.
4: Yes, they did. That's all they wanted. That's all they fought for.
2: Kind of reminds me of a long lost droid of ours.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. Too soon.
2: Too soon, Emilia. Too soon uh I'm just i'm just trying to have some remembrance
4: um so also too i said oh so the the hut twins that we we were introduced to them in the clone wars we were actually introduced to the order of the night the assassin group they were also mm-hmm. in the clone Wars. so again pulling characters oh, okay. from the animated series uh the pike syndicate which is the spice that we were talking about the so that's mm-hmm. the spice that's coming off the train that mm-hmm. is like a huge Sweet. massive plot line in the clone wars i mean that's also the main plot. You do not mess plot. with the pikes. You do not mess with the pikes. But spice trading, that's what we spice running. That's what we talked about in um, Solo, a Star Wars story. And that is where we get, mm-hmm. he made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. The Kessel run is running spice from the mines of Kessel. That, so that's where that comes from.
0: And they did answer the less than 12 parsecs because he found a shortcut or something. Yes. Like,
4: yes. yes parsecs did. is not
1: time. Is it's it's you know, length.
4: Distance it's it's length. It, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um... And then, also, so, the two quick little things. The, so, the top of the train, the train, that, like, engine mm-hmm. is supposed to be, like, a replica of, like, a pod racing engine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, a quick little callback. It's obviously much more powerful than a pod racer, but that's, like, what it's calling back to. And then, also, too, in the beginning of episode one, we see Boba laying in what they call a bacta tank. Which is what we see, like Luke mm-hmm. getting healed by Luke
0: in, in and, Empire. Yeah. yeah,
4: and so it's like the same sort of concept. His is a little more obviously fully encapsulated in a full body, uh, machine
0: like a coffin almost. Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're also seeing throughout all episode one and two his flashbacks to. We're seeing flashbacks to Attack of the Clones when he was a child and he mm-hmm. sees his father Jango killed. Uh, we take this back to memory
2: decapitated. So, yeah,
4: decapitated takes us back yeah, also to shockingly scenes shockingly
2: small amount of blood there
4: yeah we also see flashbacks
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, are you sure it wasn't just the, the PG-13 rating or whatever I'm sure that had something to do with it no but he also is holding the helmet the helmet but his dad's head is in there yeah. that's so yeah sad that's pretty creepy.
0: dark I'm surprised it didn't fall out well, that's... Well, I strapped There's a meme underneath yeah. the chin. And... There's a meme, though, where yes. you see him pick up the thing and the head yeah. falls out. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. But
4: also the flash... We, ha- we also see him flashing back to, like, the water of Camino, like, where he was mm-hmm. born and raised. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, so, yeah. So my last little Easter egg is the Parks and Recreation Pat and Oswald uh, speech. Yes. So there is an episode. And this this was actually part of... A del- I think it was the deleted scene. It was the extended version. I can't remember if it was in the... Actual episode or not, but Pat Nelsworth, no, it is in the actual no, episode. It was a little one. bit because yeah, I've, the, ex- I've watched the I've watched the extended version like 10 times, so that's why I'm just not 100%. So, Pat Nelsworth guest starred on an episode of Parks and Recreation where he goes to the town council and he holds his own filibuster. So, that means he just he whatever he can has to do, like he has to keep talking, can't stop talking, otherwise, filibuster's over, and like the he what he wants is not going to get done. So He starts talking about, like, crazy theories in fan universes, and he starts talking about what if Boba Fett survived after falling in the Sarlacc pit, and he describes, like, word for word exactly what we saw in the beginning of episode one. He's like, Boba Fett, you know, reaches his hand out of the sands, and you see him crawl his way up through through the desert, and he describes, like, word for word exactly what we saw, so... I have a feeling that the writers and creators of the book of Boba Fett actually took it from Patton Oswald's filibuster yeah. speech in Parks and Recreation. It was spot on. It was spot on. <laughs>
2: hey, to yeah. be fair, though, how many other ways can you get out of a star-like pit?
1: <laughs> that's ex- exactly. That's exactly where I was going, Emilia.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was. Well, spot what on. I really hope. No, but it said that, like Pat- he blasted through. And then, I don't I don't know, it was pretty spot on. It was pretty spot on.
0: All I hope is that we get Patton Oswalt in the Star Wars universe in this Boba Fett show. That would be awesome. That would be
4: amazing. Uh, it would be amazing.
0: He's in everything, so, I mean, it just makes sense.
1: I only have one Easter egg to add, and that is the voice of 8D8 in the show is voiced by Matt Berry. From What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, and You said he was in it. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's Matt nice. Berry. Oh, Barry. I got to
2: go back and listen. That's funny. But yeah, so just a couple of
4: things, but I, I love it. I love it. It's giving more, as I loved to, that they do this, is giving credibility to the animated series when they pull characters and they bring them to life. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's so awesome. I love that they're doing that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for episode three, honestly
0: i'm definitely going to be watching more and it's also getting me even more hyped up for the obi-wan series oh that's my out later
4: god i'm so pumped for obi-wan i just
1: i just want to know if the entire reason why he's constantly going back to the sand people is because they're showing him being quote unquote reformed a little bit and softening him up mm-hmm. or if it's just filler because right now i feel like it's more filler than anything
2: I'm just waiting for the tragedy to strike.
1: Yeah, exactly. Where's the tragedy going to happen there? Mm
2: -hmm. Waiting for the, I think that it's, no, I think that
0: it's the opposite though. I think they're going to make him more of a heroic figure. Um, That's honestly, that's where I think it's going. So that's my theory on it is that he's going to become like the, you know, a he's still a crime boss, but he's going to be like a, you know, benevolent
1: character. I I just want more of this series to revolve around Finnick than anything else.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, that's that's fine. Well, I guess on that note, we better wrap up, guys. So as always, you can interact with us on Twitter at the Verse Cast, and be sure to subscribe to the Verse wherever you find your favorite podcast. And also, feel free to share the Verse with a friend. A shout out to at night underscore cowboy and Adriana thirteen eighty eight one five three zero. That's a lot of numbers, but. Thank you, and keep it up. Uh, we're always on Twitter, and we love interacting with you guys. Uh, and if you want to follow me, Bridget Brogan, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at BridgetBrogan16.
1: And if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you follow me at random underscore white guy.
0: And you can follow me, Lucas Longecker, at LuconianLogic on Instagram and on Twitter.
2: And you can follow me, Emilia, on Twitter at EmiliaU. I mean, I guess if you want to, you can still follow K uh, Kdub's, uh, Cronsworth's account. That's Cronsworth with a K, at Cronsworth on Twitter. If you want to see whatever posthumous tweets he tweets out.
4: We'll put out his funeral arrangements later. You can
2: follow him through a black hole, it sounds like. <laughs> Finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who was last seen diving into a black hole after his favorite pet. He, we, he can be found on Twitter and on Letterboxd as at FilmSnork.
1: I believe he was shouting, my boy, my boy, (laughs) my boy,
2: (laughs) (laughs) my boy. (laughs) No, no, you got, you got, you can't, you guys, that's our thing. (laughs) Keeps. (laughs)
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. I take it back. Oh, well, there's our music. Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page. And we'll see you next time in The Verse.
4: The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com
1: and produced by Steven Kuzikowski.
3: Just, Just wait, wait. You'll, you'll get, get yours, you'll. I'll make, make sure, sure you all suffer, if I get yeah. this alive, you yeah. stupid people, no. acting like a have no floating somewhere no. in the night, get your